millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this Friday's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy, but here's my number. This is baby. <laughs> For the final time ever, AEW Collision will be taking its place. Uh, well, at the end of this week. But, Sid, what did you make of your last Rampage ever? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Um, I feel a rant brewing, and I have done since Saturday morning. Uh-oh. Um, so I want to preface this rant by saying, Dynamite this week looks great. Yep. I'm sure Collision will be beefed up mm-hmm. on Wednesday via more than one announcement. Forbidden Door looks like... If it warrants the hype, if the quality of those two matches can be reflected with a nice, unfussy undercard, mm-hmm. but something really fun, could be an all-timer of a pay-per-view. Is it a week on Sunday? I believe so. Jeez. And, you know, this was just Rampage. But I hate that anyway. That's mm. just Rampage. No, no, no. It's an, hour of their, it's an hour of my time I'm being asked to give this promotion. So for me, it's never just Rampage, <laughs> because for me, just Rampage... Like I'm a I'm a grown man with a family with responsibilities with lots of different tastes, um, loads of different interests. Um, I could see my friends and all the rest of it, and I don't. I, I choose to do this job mm-hmm. and watch wrestling more so than I would if I was a fan. Yeah. Like if I didn't cover professional wrestling for a living. Who knows when the last episode of Rampage I would have watched is. So don't <laughs> talk to me if that's just Rampage. What's next? That's just the period after WrestleMania. Or it's just, yeah. you know, this. I don't want AEW to be that thing. No, no, no. I have this naive view of what AEW should be. In fact, it was kind of promised to me very early <laughs> of two hours a week and four pay-per-views. Premium, elusive, worth it every single time. I know it's marketing, but they said it was all elite wrestling. And I just felt watching this rampage that a lot, and I don't want to overstate it again. I know that what's coming up in June promises to be exceptional. I don't want to overstate this problem. I don't want to catastrophize AEW. I just want to underscore that there are lots of things in this company that are pissing me off 
and this episode magnified quite a few of them. Um, I was just in a mood. Quite frankly, watching this episode of AEW Rampage put me in a mood mm. and just brought into focus that it's a fairly bleak feeling mm. promotion. It will not feel that way at Forbidden Door. No. I know this. I'm cognizant of this. But my God, it feels bleak. It feels like it's wayward. It feels like it's missing the point of itself. Um, and I don't know why. And in this sort of rant slash meditation, I'm going to try and pinpoint what it is because something's off. And I consider it my job to articulate that. If I, think, it, I think I can pinpoint two things you can yeah, pinpoint on this show. <laughs> if it's not off, right, why are the domestic ticket sales almost terrifying in certain markets, mm. lackluster in the vast majority of them? Ratings, you know what? They've been quite good, mm-hmm. steady. Um, but atmospheres, gates, something is off with this promotion. Yeah. Something is off with this promotion, and it's up to me as an analyst um, to try and determine why that is, and I'm going to try and do that through the prism of this review. Um, but my God, what do you think of it before I launch into it? Well, all I was going to say is, um, you know, this isn't uh, Jake Humphrey at the Champions League final, so we're not going to make it all about us uh, for our final review of AEW Rampage. But I was thinking, you know, you've written a brilliant book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. It's still available on Amazon right now, for example, about the, the the everything that led up to AEW and those fantastic few uh, beginner months of just, like you say, we're just watching in awe of what they were able to achieve uh, and what they set out to do. And I was thinking about, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you have to write another book about AEW, and I'm not even suggesting the content of that book. But I think, as I was sat there watching this, I was like, yeah, if Sid was to write another book about AEW, whatever it may be, Rampage probably barely gets a chapter. It will. It would almost be a nice way to to sort of sum up a sort of microcosm of where AW kind of lost its way a little bit. They sort of the, the reach exceeded their grasp, and they tried it. They tried this other thing, and then they were like, "Actually, let's not focus too much on that. We need to make sure Dynamite's all right." And then all the brawl out stuff and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, I, I have to say, I enjoyed this show. Not because I thought it was a good show, <laughs> but because, for example, if we... Because it was the end. Exactly. But, and because if we did, if last week would have been our last show, I'd have had it tinged with a little bit of like, it's a shame that, because like, we just watched this really enjoyable championship special, I know, but it's really enjoyable, uh, action-packed episode of Rampage, and it's still continuing, we're just not bothering with it because of AW Collision. And then you got this show, and I went, "Oh, nothing of coincid- uh, nothing of incident happened on this show. Um, it completely passed me by." I sat down to watch it early, which was Sunday night rather than Monday morning, and was genuinely like, "Oh, it's over. Was that it?" Because now, it just, it it just like happened. passed in front of my eyes, and yeah, and as a result of that, I, I, I'm not <laughs> not going to miss it too much. We mentioned, by the way, if you want it, if you think we're just you know, sticking the boot into Rampage. Check out our preview. We talked about some of our favorite Rampage moments yeah. from the only few months of Rampage uh, on the on the preview. But yeah, this was now neither neither now nor summer. Yeah, well, it was something. It was something. Shit. <laughs> I thought yes. this was shit and it put me in a fucking mood. Um, <laughs> we'll get into it match by match, I guess. But I I just want to get something. Uh, just a rant. Go on. A feeling of brewing. Okay. So I tweeted. Uh, I broke the rule. Don't tweet on a weekend. 
I met several really, really, really nice AEW fans in Las Vegas. Much like I met a lot of really, really, really nice WWE fans in Cardiff last year. Yeah. Twitter is a bubble. Bah. Right. I made the mistake of tweeting negatively about a content house on a weekend. Are you don't, fool? Don't do it on a weekend. In a weekend, you get the people with no f***ing lives <laughs> who get so much more gotten to yeah. about critique over their favorite thing on a weekend because they've got even less to do of substance. And Jesus Christ, wasn't even that bad. But it was still like, oh, I just muted it after an hour and really did enjoy my weekend after that. My God. So I said something to the effect of um, Rampage was rubbish. Mm -hmm. And my God, there was so much of the show, which I'm going to get into imminently, that wasn't like it was in the brochure. And the original vision for the booking of this company has completely and utterly crumbled. Mm. And then you get the cool tweets of, oh, the original vision. And it's the AA, and it's the... the Match graphic of um, Nakazawa versus Jabali, and then you get, oh well, Marco Stone and the Dark Order and the Nightmare Collective all happened in the first bit. It's better now, is it? No, is it? Right, I'm not being funny, right? I know I'm a February 2020 truther, and I know that oh, the, the all important match quality is better now. Ultimately, is a peak, yeah, uh, um, is a peak product. AEW and Tony Khan might have used up all of their creativity when few people were watching. And then he got the last remnants of it in 2021. And it's been good, very, like, amazing at various peaks. But in terms of a well-booked promotion with its new either revolutionary ideas or the back-to-basics of what wrestling should be ideas and the perfection of those ideas and the best execution of those ideas happened before the roster got amazing. Mm. And you can use your little cheat codes of four match graphic things on Twitter and all the rest of it, right? And here's an example, okay? And we're going to get into why they don't do this anymore recently. So I'm not putting over one of the people involved in this storyline. I'm not even putting the storyline over. I'm just telling people what it used to be, the focus, right? Is that it fight for the falling, Darby Allen, um, Joey Janela, and ugh, Jimmy Havoc. I hate saying his name because he's an arsehole. All lost a trios match. In the aftermath of that fight for the Fallen Trios match, which they lost, and this is very contrived, they all had a fight. It was very on the nose and labored of, our wins and losses matter here, and you just cost me the match. Yeah. And they had this really sort of contrived brawl um, backstage, which leads to the Crackle Barra Clash um, at All Out. Right. That was great. Hard to watch now because Jimmy Havoc Yes, sucks. obviously. Um, but what I'm getting at is that even in this really crude, very on-the-nose way, the original booking was wins and losses matter. Mm -hmm. Like They really, really matter. Publish rankings every week. Yeah, and then they evolve this, and they get a bit more sophisticated with the storytelling, and you reach a really great point where, because wins and losses matter so much, that... Um, you get this gauntlet before All Out 2020. I've spoken about this at length. It is so good. Where, because there's this idea of a hierarchy and tears, and yeah, they took the piss with it a little bit, but I called it out then. But at its core, it was a great idea. And when they approached really being able to execute this idea, you got some of the best booking and episodic wrestling mm. storytelling for like literally decades, literally decades. So they, through this tier system, 
and having FTR go on this tear. But the Young Bucks are still bubbling under. You get this gauntlet match where you think, I want this so much and I want it even less at the exact same time. I don't want to see FTR and the Young Bucks touch. You've got this anxiety over the idea of them even giving you minutes of this, which you don't want yet. You want to pay for it. Yes. And then they deftly dovetail into the elite stuff and have Hangman Page turn on the Bucks and all the rest of it. And the idea is that through the ranking system and how carefully thought out everything was as opposed to, our oh, Jarrett and Lethal are over. Let's have them go against the tag champions. I don't hate it, but nope. it's nowhere near as good. Yeah. And then this wins and losses matter philosophy is best exemplified in the booking with Hangman Page. Let's go say Hangman Cage. Page, yeah. That is wins and losses actually mattering. The result genuinely seeming to affect the trajectory of a performer, right? How have we gone from that, this crude exploration of the idea, and then within two years, 2021, double or nothing, they'd kind of almost perfected it, Mm -hmm. right? How do we go from that, where the core focus of this promotion is on wins and losses mattering, and sometimes they're just emphatic and clean? Yes, Paige got beat up by... Team Taz before the bell, which gave them a kind of an out. But you got six minutes of Brian Cage monstering Hangman Page and then defeating him clearly in the body of the match. Did Hangman Page get less over as a result of this? No. People trusted the booking. They liked the definitive all-or-nothing drama. And if anything, he got more over. And the Kenny Omega Hangman Page program before it was delayed because of paternity leave was the most over thing consistently in the ratings and in the buildings in AEW history, mm-hmm. when the fans returned, okay? How do we go from that to in the opener of Rampage, right, having Matt Hardy use a loss in AEW as a punchline? No! No, no, no! Not the first time it's happened either. Ha- like, Matt Hardy threw a match on Dynamite last year or earlier this year. Who cares? Um, to hook, yeah. to try and piss Ethan Page off to get out of his contract. Like, it's just happened so suddenly, uh, so gradually, that no one's really noticed that just the wins and losses in this promotion, like they're, like, it just doesn't matter as much as it used to. And I thought it would be more sports-centric. And I was never one of these idiots who thought, oh, I really want dry Ring of Honor, latter period Ring of Honor, because... People would bad faith act about that. And if that was true, Ring of Honor would have got hot and there would be no AEW in the yes. first place, right? But I thought it would just be a proper alternative. And for a few golden years, it was. It was uneven. Some arsehole could point out any example of, oh, you weren't happy on in 2021 when Matt Hardy was having a program with Orange Cassidy. I know I wasn't. I said this at the time, but my goodness... Most of it was great. Yeah, you would even have said on that when we were doing the NXT and, and AEW reviews together. Oh boy, what a, what a day that was yeah. used to be. Jeez, and it's not just sorry, go on. But it, when we had that episode with the dark, the infamous Dark Order thing, we used to do a vote at the end of each episode and say which we th- which we thought was better. You know, you'd obviously generally lean towards more AEW stuff. Hamlet would be more WWE. I'd sort of go whichever the way wi- the wind was going that week. Even you would say, uh, they've screwed up with that finish. 
they've, they've really ruined I that show. I might have been generous at the time, to well, be honest. They, when they made, when they, what I'm saying is, when they made mistakes then, what was the, what happened the next week? Did they go, okay, it was well, a two week break, and then they just completely corrected yeah. it and changed the course of the entire promotion? That's just what happened. Do, uh, and it's, uh, like you say, it's, it's so disingenuous. You know, I'll say stuff sometimes to wind you up. I'll admit that of, you know, and hyper-analyzing AEW for something that WWE does week in, week out. But, yeah, you can't turn around. It's the proverbial, uh, what is it, like putting a frog in some boiling water and it'll jump straight out. But if you put it in some tepid water and then you slowly heat it up, it will just stay in there. Like, there's no, if we came in one week for, for a, the Dynamite review in 2020, when we could come in, um, and I said to you, yeah, uh, Matt Hardy's got the new person he's managing deliberately to lose, and also, um, see that dominant powerhouse Hobbs guy who's just kicking everyone's ass? Uh, he's like this cool <laughs> figure of fun uh, with these all these wacky characters on QTV or whatever. It's just, it, there's no way that you'd have gone, well, they've made mistakes, but they'll, they'll correct that. You'd Matt have called Hardy, it out straight away. Matt Hardy didn't get his cut. Well, so he's an idiot. Even in this stupid storyline, he's making terrible decisions at the QT Marshall thing. We'll get to it bit by bit, but another broader point I want to make, other than the standard, which is slipping because people are, it's a frightening number. I, I genuinely get alarmed by the frightening number of brainwashed people who, because they see um, a set of initials that they like, they'll just try and excuse anything as good. It's like, have you got that little going on? Mm. But another broader point I want to make, other than I will not stop being that boring arsehole <laughs> who tries to keep and uphold a better standard, right? It's that Matt Hardy, QT Marshall, and even though I like it subjectively like Sanjay Duth, there are people who have creative influence or a way into Tony Khan's office, mm -hmm. whether they're in these creative meetings or whether they're influential producers and whether the work's good or not, who are just, from my subjective POV, who it just seems to me incredibly easy to get into Tony Khan's ear. Mm. And I'll elaborate on that throughout this review, but it seems very easy to get into his ear. And I don't know if he's just feckless, whether he needs to get more of a spine, or whether he's just a very suggestible and impulsive bloke, which there's a lot of evidence for. Oh, I'll sign him, I'll sign him, I'll mm. sign him, I'll do this, I'll do that. I think he needs to just... Take, I've said this for months and months and months. It's to take a step back and decide what he's actually doing. Because I remember, I, I can't remember the outlet he spoke to, but I uh, used this in my book as the core outline. When people say, ah, Jabali versus Nakazawa, was that the original vision? No. The original vision, when he was talking about, in response to WWE, which is how AEW formed, that wins and losses need to matter in wrestling. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? It doesn't matter the characters. How can we feel anything on their behalf? And Tony Khan used the example of sports. How if you're a sports fan and you're an athlete, if you lose, that's kind of your weekend ruined. Oh, yeah. Like, I try not to take it too seriously as a grown-up, but I've been in, uh, um, in the past guilty of having a weekend ruined if Newcastle didn't turn <laughs> up a few years ago or whatever. There are still people who genuinely like, oh, like mm. just the days that are... Go and do something. It's pissed it away. My team's pissed it away. That should be the feeling cultivated in yeah. wrestling. And now you've got Matt Hardy for the second time just throwing matches to advance his own 
rubbish storylines. And when did we lose that with this promotion? Well, let's get into it. Um, the opener was uh, Bandido and the Lucha Bros versus Big Bill, Lee Moriarty and Ethan Page. Ethan Page teaming with his former partners from the firm. But it was explained away. I'll give him that. I'll give them that. Fair is fair. How did they explain it? The match was signed before Hardy got control of Ethan Page's contract. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, Page starts the match off. Uh, fights with Ray Phoenix. Uh, Ray Phoenix eventually gets the better of it despite, despite a nice-looking Rana in there. Um, Bandido and Moriarty get into it. Bandido hits Moriarty with a Torneo, and then they tag out to... Uh, Penta and Big Bill. Penta doesn't care the fact that look at the bloody size of him. He keeps doing or going for his zero miedo gimmick. Um, and Bill keeps countering, countering that by trying to choke him and choke slam him. Uh, but uh, Penta managed to break free with kicks. Uh, he managed to knock Bill, Bill, Big Bill to the outside and took too long doing his gimmick so that when he dove through the ropes, Big, Big Bill just he nailed him with a right hand. Chucks him into the barricade. Big brawl uh, from everyone around the ring to take us to a break. When we come back, um, Bill hits Bandido with a boot. Uh, Page hoists him in from the mat into a power slam for a nice near fall. Uh, Bandido slips out of a bow bomb attempt and manages to get over his court to his corner to tag him. Ray Phoenix. And they just run wild, do the Lucha Bros. Uh, Page gets sent out with a super kick. Big Bill uh, gets hit everywhere on his body to slowly cut him down to size with double-team super kicks. Uh, Penta hoys Bandido over the ropes onto all the guys on the floor. Um, oh, my God. That was a lovely spot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the wrong one. We did the wrong Is one. Is that a double, oh, my God? Yeah, the soundboard. I forgot about <laughs> that. that. Was, <laughs> I think that was from WrestleCulture. Well, don't put it back on the normal one. I'm not going to be pressing that again by the end of the episode. Tee up another effect. You're not getting another button press of that. <laughs> I definitely think that was when I uh, must have done a parody of Mambo number five. Oh, yeah, for the wife. Yeah, Probably yeah. wrestle culture. <sighs> oh, okay. Uh, where are we? Right, what's happening? Uh, My heart is about to ruin it, so just skip to that. Because <laughs> nothing else matters. Uh, yeah, and Paul, look at that, right? In this match, and I'm not a guy who's like, oh, don't do this bumper in this match because I've never taken one. I'm not going to give out that advice. But I did feel a little bit post-match for Lee Moriarty because he took a fucking fear factor from the Lucha Bros on the apron. Right, that must suck to take. Nothing morons for doing such a good match, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, Paige gets the knees up on a, on a bandido splash, gets him up for the ego's edge, and then here comes uh, Brother Zay and the Hardys, um, and they say, oh... No, Ethan, uh, you're not wearing the uh, the gifts that I've extended to you for this match. Extend them, and he probably reveals that Jeff Hardy's gifted him some sleeves. But this distraction allows Bandido to hit a 21 plex and get the pinfall victory. Oh, I, I immediately thought of you. Obviously, if I was uh, working this match and I get told to finish, I would have phoned it in. Well, what's the point? Why did it go this long? You know what, right? I'll be generous and potentially fair and just, okay? Um, I didn't know that they were going to do the, you know, Ethan Page was signed for this match, right? You know what? I'm not going to f***ing put this over. <laughs> I was about to be nice and say, right, all right, they've accounted for the plot hole 
of Ethan Page working his heel when Matt Hardy wouldn't necessarily want him to do that when the story is we're trying to get him to see the error of his ways. They've explained it away in a little bit by saying, oh, well, he was already signed for this match before um, Hardy had got the contract. When did that happen, by the way? Double or, not, uh, double or nothing? Yeah, it was the pre-show thing, wasn't it? Oh, they're taking the piss then by signing this match. <laughs> Saying that I know. Thanks, make sure we get that six man booked in for two weeks' time. On Rampage. One, that's absolutely not a priority for Tony Khan. What an absolute lie. An absolute lie for a start. Two, the firm got deleted before. Yeah. So uh, we're just not the firm. We're the firm. But we're not the firm. I was thinking about that for my notes. I was like, can I just write the firm? I was like, no, they've, they've been deleted. But they haven't because they're still working. So what was the point in doing, all right, if the firm splits up, if we win this match? Well, they haven't. They're just wrestling, not as the firm, <laughs> but Big Bill, Lee Moriarty, and Ethan Page, formerly of the firm. What f***ing difference does it make? Wilborn, I'm sorry. I f***ing hate this so much. It's a bit like when um, in WWE, when they were just in the mad, I think it was Pando, it was definitely Pando times. Uh, so it was all a bit up in the air. And I distinctly remember, because it was obviously very devastating for me, they were like, losers have to split as a tag team. And the Iconics lost, and they had to split as a tag team. And about three weeks later, Vince went, do you reckon that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce look like as a team? Yeah. So they just tagged, but as Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. What? It's just... <laughs> It's so bad. So bad. I'll tell you what as well. Like, this match is annoyingly good because there were some really cool moments. Yeah. In it. Oh, I yeah. Who cares about it now? But I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I'll describe it before the finishes. Very fun, if not blow away. Great. Mm-hmm. I'd have just phoned it in if I saw this finish. So, get to this point, and then Ethan Page is setting up to motioning for victory. And all of this was so WWE in a way that just. I or I've suffered through that product enough over the years. Yeah. I don't need AEW to turn into this. You get it's like all kinds of bad WWE in the span of a minute. Mm. You get distraction finish. Mm-hmm. Okay, a win and a loss, not really bought, mattering to people who've got a financial investment and going to the pay window in it. And you get the no one talks like this promo. Mm-hmm. The f- try not to swear. <laughs> Just a massive exposition info dump of why the match happened in the first place and the character's motivation, and then you get the the, the talk that leads to the finish. And it's like it's not organic conversation happening no. in a wrestling show. It's an info dump leading to a distraction finish in which a win and a loss and a result is framed as a punchline. It's a this difference between doing comedy in wrestling, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with, yep. sometimes I think is really funny, and treating the outcome as a, uh, what do you call it, as a joke. Yep. That's different. That's not funny to me. That's Orange Cassidy's laid back, but he wants to win. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. And who's to say, maybe the win will matter to Bandido and Lucha Brothers, and maybe they'll work House of Black at Collision. Yes. In a title match. So you'll say, oh, that result matters. So you're wrong, Sidgwick. It's not just a punchline. The winners went on to do something of note, so the, the booking's still there. They've, they've just won a match because Ethan Page got distracted by a WWE-style finish. That doesn't really elevate them as contenders no. or anything like that. If, in fact, this match actually happens 
and this one matters. Mm. Rubbish. And the very next thing was probably even worse. And Matt Hardy, like, I don't believe that Tony Khan thinks this is good. That's what annoys me about it the mm-hmm. most. I don't believe that Tony Khan, in his heart, thinks this is good storytelling. And this is part of the problem. I think he's got taste. He's got wide-ranging tastes. Obviously, he's lucha-pilled. Great, I get to see some great action. <laughs> he likes something like the elite style of storytelling. He likes something like the CM Punk style or whatever, for lack of a better word. And that's why he's the perfect booker, in a way, because he's not like Bill Watts, who... Oh, they all have to be legitimate tough guys or else I can't take them seriously. Mm. And I, you can't fly over the top rope. He's not like uh, Vince, who just likes big, muscly guys. It's not like Triple H, who just likes three and a three-quarter star kick pad wrestling, you know? He's got... His life as a fan has informed him being such a great booker because he likes the range of wrestling. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he wants it all. He's a tape trader booker. I don't believe he thinks this is good. I don't. And that's worse. And, it's, and that's worse because I know him to be enthusiastic and passionate, and that's why I gravitate towards his product. I don't believe for a second he thinks this is good. I now, think you didn't get angry a lot on Raw because you just go, oh, it's Raw. It's yeah, because of the territory. What's the point in even getting emotional about it? It's not going to change. I just simply do not believe he thinks this is good. No. And I'm not saying that he just gives Matt Hardy time to tell his own stories. But these are Matt Hardy stories. I think that... Matt Hardy is well-liked by people who Tony Khan wants to resign later this year. Uh. Work out who it is. It's pretty easy. They modeled their entire act after Matt Hardy. And by the way, completely bettered it over the years. Mm-hmm. Like the, the students became the masters tenfold. But I think that Tony Khan wants to resign certain people. Mm-hmm. His contracts are up at the end of this year. And those people still, for whatever reason, idolize Matt Hardy. So Tony Khan says that's only Rampage. A few Dynamites, mostly Rampage. Give Matt some contract stuff that he likes to do. Mm. And again, it's so easy to get into Tony Khan's ear. And he's getting played by people. And this nepotism problem is plaguing AEW, which acts as a neat segue to... <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yes, uh, I watched this and thought, oh, thank God that's over. What's next? They got immediately to cue bloody TV. No! No, no, no! They're not even jokes. Like these things that they are doing on this on this skit segment, they're not even jokes. Are they? No. Well, there's a, I got a bit confused. Like, I, I, you clarify yeah, me okay, and then I'll okay. give you my thoughts on and it. You can tell me whether it's a joke or not. Yes, exactly. So they're, they, they, they're looking ahead to collision. They want to be edgy. Um, and then they say... I've got something for you to collide into. And I, I, it really confused me. She was talking about her pussy <laughs> and, <laughs> and a cock colliding into it. That makes sense. Um, in the process known as vaginal penetrative intercourse. Thanks, Harley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so they're, 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 they're spitballing ideas. Um, but all their ideas have been done, Sitch. Uh Maybe we bans the f- buy the fans ice cream. Maybe we can make an announcement that we've got an announcement. Maybe we can uh, knock Jim Ross's coffee over. <sighs> and then they just send Powerhouse Hobbs out to murder some dude. Adam Wilborn. All I wanted was the second part of that. I am haunted by the image of QT Marshall on his laptop, writing these jokes and chuckling to himself and thinking they're funny. Like, I'm just haunted by that idea. Mm. Rule of three, rule of three, we need one more. Jim Ross coffee, got it. And then, yeah. Like, I've got something you can collide into. What what is that? That's not a joke. No. Collision, collision. Ah, collision, collision, you can collide into a bus, you know. (laughs) Write it down. Like, Like, that's not a joke. He's not a comedian. He's not funny. He's a really good second match comedy bumper. Mm. And that's it. And he might format TV. Can't write it. He might be able to format it. These aren't jokes. This isn't funny. This is doing less than nothing for Powerhouse Hobbs' career. Remember Team Taz? I'm going to remember Barry's Team f***ing Taz. (laughs) Because I hate engagement baiting. Yeah. But my God, like... They had something with Team Taz last oh, year. Yeah. They really did, and they've completely botched them beyond belief. Did they? I don't know. I've never um, seen Wilborn. The problem here is I've got no uh, understanding of the inner workings of the wrestling industry, so I might, in fact, have no idea whether they've botched Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks beyond belief. It would certainly feel seem that way from my ignorant perspective, from the outside looking in, that they are nowhere near as hot, that their reactions are nowhere near what they were, that they don't, don't get talked about in positive tones anywhere near enough in my curated social media. But, you know, I have no uh, understanding of the inner workings of the wrestling business. I'm haunted by the image of them. Ah, it's such a good joke. It's not even a joke. It's not even constructed in no, a joke. No. Like, in any way, shape, or form. This stuff is lamentable. And, again, it's another person high up in AEW who... I don't, I don't think Tony Khan likes this. Again, I just cannot possibly believe, knowing the things that Tony Khan has talked about in, in his fandom that he's enjoyed growing up, knowing the things that he's booked and have been brilliant, 
I do not believe for a moment that he thinks this is good. I think he knows it is risible and that it's terrible and that it gets put on the show to placate yeah, someone who has influence in the room and who he works closely alongside and whose feelings he might not want yeah, to upset. Have to have an awkward conversation. Exactly. He needs to start having some awkward conversations because if any of this, like Rampage being so bad and the lack of quality control and the lack of the bold spine required to have these uncomfortable conversations, people think anything other than Dynamite sucks. They've got no hope for collision. The ticket sales reflect that. Mm. People have... What's the word I'm looking for? I've just gone, I'm out mm. on Rampage. People have got no faith in Tony Khan's ability to launch anything outside of Dynamite. He's killed Rampage. He's killed Battle of the Belts. People are, are noping and noping it. Mm. Um, it's because of shit like this. That's the last swear word. That's the last swear word. They're not even jokes. No, it... And the thing is, right... So you have this idea. Here's how we're going to launch Powerhouse Hobbs in this big monster match with Wardlow. He's going to get the win. He's going to get the TNT Championship. Okay. But he's going to get there via QT Marshall. First of all, you and I both said at the time, that was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. You could have just had him win. You can use shenanigans if you want. I don't care if they foreshadowed it either. No. Foreshadow bad things. Yeah. But then you do it, and you go, you look at the reaction, and no one, no one's like, this is genius, this is the reason why, actually, you're all wrong. Here's why this is a good idea, actually. So you go, Ugh, this hasn't worked. Um, and you eventually decide you're putting the title back on Wardlow. That happens. Surely at that point, in real life and in kayfabe, Powerhouse Hobbs should be like, well, get me away from this bloody group. I haven't held on to this TNT championship as a result of being a part of it in, in kayfabe. And also, everyone universally said this is bad, And but we've got one more chance at a clean slate, which is have him, along with the likes of you know Andrade and Miro and loads of the other people who kick ass, just be a, an absolute destroyer on collision. Yes, it's not necessarily introducing to new eyes, because it'll be the same people who watch him on Dynamite, but you go, no, this is a new landscape. AW Collision is completely different to AW Dynamite. You know, the, the rankings aren't anything anymore. But if he just comes in and has squash matches a la Wardlow, people will hopefully slowly forget that he was involved in that weird uh, TMZ parody. Is that what it is? Yeah. The, the, yeah. It works, despite the fact I've never watched it, um, because anything I've ever seen of TMZ, I absolutely despise. Yeah. So. yeah. I suppose technically they've got the W there, one way or another. But they're persisting with it. Like, you and I were booking on Friday, begging them, don't do any QTV stuff on this show, and if you do have to do anything, have them be like, we've got this, and him, him be like, you do realise that on the first episode of Collision, I'm going to murder a lot of you. Yeah. And he may well still do that, but he's this albatross around his neck every time. Because the, the, the Caleb Crush match was fine. It was it's, all right. It's just... Tainted by the fact that afterwards he's got that goon standing next to him going, this is my guy. And I was like, does it have to be? Can he not be his own guy? No, no. The book of Hobbs was was cool. No, it wasn't. Well, it was until they introduced... It was, it was until they, they introduced an actual book. Yes, 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 correct. It's good. Correct, and, uh, correct, correct. And then correct, they correct. went, yeah, but it's a real book. And I was like, you don't Which need to... Which talent would carry around an actual <laughs> book like that. Oh, my God. Um, I can't disagree with the word you just said. 
Um, I'll tell you what annoys me as well. Like, I know the man has legitimately forgot more about wrestling than I will know or whatever. Jim Ross, like, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's got no insight anymore. It's not just that he's woefully behind the times in terms of how to speak about women. Oh, well, speaking of which. Of the week. Just thought we'd get that in once more. I don't think I heard anything, to be honest. No, but we just. Just, yeah. We're like, talking like, about him, so yeah, we'll use yeah. his, his tune. Um. So, Powerhouse wa- uh, Hobbs wins this, like, nothing squash and spine buster. And JR's like, you don't have a match with you. You're a bit out here. Wonder match with like Arn Anderson. <laughs> you get paid for your insight, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think that's insightful? Yeah. Like, just what are you even doing here? <sighs> mind blown. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like Arn Anderson. What are they paying him for? Well, it's funny you said that. Yes, they go from this squash match of Caleb Crush from Colorado Springs. So isn't fun little you know stuff. Um, to Arn Anderson, Renee Paquette's there with Arn and Wardlow. Uh, checks on the status of Brock Anderson, mm. uh, and uh, they talk about Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Wardlow promises to make Cage and Luchasaurus pay, but before that, he's got an open challenge. Well, an open challenge specifically. For Dynamite this week, TNT title on the line against Jake Hager. <sighs> Jesus Christ. He's probably got some dates on his contract. Or maybe Tony Khan has went, you know what? I'm paying him a lot of money. Yeah. Go on, friggin' earn it for once. Um, I'm not convinced. Maybe I was in the mood of the entire broadcast because the tone set was dismal in the first 14 minutes, 15 minutes. But um, I'm not convinced this on Wardlow thing feels big time. Mm. It, it doesn't feel like he's on the precipice of the main event anymore. Um, it doesn't feel like this is a huge thing in and of itself. He just feels like he's another element um, of the show. I did like the um, the story he created with his words about dragging them onto his lawn and then kicking their ass. That's very on. Yes. So on's probably giving him some pointers there. But together... I don't know. Maybe I need to give it more time. It's not really working for me that much. Mm. It's just adding yet more activity onto matches where I just stop it. <laughs> like, there is outside activity in so many AEW matches. It's more the norm than the exception, which is why hardly any of it gets genuine heat. But my God, just there's so many managers and seconds and stable members, and it just, what? TNA. Too old. I'm too old. I'll start watching... 70s old Japan. <laughs> uh, then we got a six man. It was the acclaimed and Billy Gunn versus uh, the SAP. Billy Robinson. <laughs> I'm just going to watch that. Uh, Sick of North American modern wrestling. There's a Pentaco and Angelico. Um, Max Caster reveals that SAP does not stand for the Spanish Announce Project. It stands for uh, small ass penises. Yeah, tiny gags. Yeah, thank uh, it's like the, the cock's so small you kind of piss on your balls. Uh, back and forth early on. Um, he hit the scissor me timbers on Angelico. Oh, yeah, initially they do the scissor thing with uh, Angelico. But actually not going to do it to you. Cause no. um, so the fourth, t- fourth time, I think it was, Angelico's like, I'm not doing this. And just knees him. 
Uh, Bowens gets back up, drop kicks him into the corner. They hit the Sismi Timbers on Angelico, uh, go to do the big uh, three-way scissor, uh, but Serpentico breaks it up. Luther breaks it up as well. We go to a break. Jesus with- Christ. Why did the school to a break? Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Um, when we come back, um, uh, Billy Gunn is uh, making sure the SAP check the clock because... Don't just think, mate, yeah! <laughs> Drop one of them. He ran wild. Uh, he uh, got caught eventually, though, with an Inseguri from Anhalico. Luther got a near fall. Bowens tags in, though. Hits Luther with the arrival. Big elbow from Caster. One, two, three. And they give the people what they want. An incredibly this. rudimentary house show with no narrative purpose. Uh, house show match with no narrative purpose whatsoever. It went to a, when I went to a break and I heard this is being paid baby on a loop on fight TV. I was like, oh God, I could have had another hour in bed here. Yeah, I would never watch this if I wasn't reviewing it professionally. No. Like what a waste of my time. There's a moment uh, during the match. I think it's after the comeback from the break where it just it keeps going because I think. Uh, there's a narrow save made by the acclaimed. No one reacts because no one really thinks that them, the SAP are going to win. No. So there's no like oh, drama from, oh, thank God he saved him. I thought the match was going to end. Got no reaction. And Tony Schiavone, who I love, I don't like to critique Schiavone, but he's like, oh man, that was a close shave, wasn't it, guys? I'm like, no, no one in the building believed it. No. Nope. I didn't believe it. So if the only people who believe it are the announcers, you're insulting my intelligence. Yeah, I think there was more anticipation in this match, less for the result and more for the three-way scissor to give the people what they want. It's like, oh, well, are they going to do it? They've tried it a few times, and they keep getting cut off, and then they did it in the end. It's like you have to get the acclaimed on telly. Yeah. Otherwise, people would complain if they're not on telly. Give them something to do on telly. Oh, God. Uh, nice little uh, video recap in Dynamite came next. I thought, I thought that would look really good. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it's not hard to make me excited to... Watch Dynamite back or get excited about next week's Dynamite. Yeah. So. Um, then Renee Paquette is out there. Planet Jarrett come out. Uh, Karen Jarrett grabs the mic and says, um, I'm going to get end all this. Get your ass out here, Aubrey Edwards. Uh, and Edwards does come out with Mark Briscoe uh, to reveal that AW is not going to sanction a one-on-one match between Karen Jarrett and Aubrey Edwards because Aubrey's a referee and Karen sure as hell isn't a wrestler. Uh, she says, but I do, if I do see you backstage, Karen, or at a hotel or trying to help Jeff Jarrett out with a match, I'm going to kick your ass. She's got good comedy timing. Yeah. Mark Briscoe says, I've got some good news. Is They haven't allowed the one-on-one match. But they have allowed mixed trios tag team action. It will be uh, Jeff Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, and Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe, referee Aubrey Edwards, and Papa Briscoe. What? It's too wacky for me not to enjoy on a totally biased, subjective level. I also think it's kind of a really nice thing to do for Papa Briscoe. Yes, do I necessarily, and you know what, they've done the work to do something stupid, if that makes any sense whatsoever, in that from day one, Aubrey Edwards has been the one designated referee in the matches where they've done the dusty finishes, mm-hmm. and they thought Jarrett was going to win, and of course, she's just prevented them from breaking the rules. She's been doing her job, but because they're heels, they take umbrage with that, and they're taking it personally, and they're warping their motives, and it's all led to this, and they've done the work. It's for really wildly overbooked stuff, They've done the work, and I enjoy a lot of the characters, and, you know, I've found a lot of this entertaining, and I feel like critiquing it goes 
so against the grain of the spirit of what this is. It's a nice thing to do. That it feels, you know, I, I, even I feel too pedantic for, for analysing it. It's going to be a bit of fun. That's going to get over in the arena. But on top of, in addition to all of the other non-original AEW Vision things that I saw on this show, it just felt like one after another of TNA, TNA, WWE. Yeah. The worst kind of comparisons you can draw. So you've got Matt Hardy, the people who like Matt Hardy, who Tony Khan wants to sign. You've got QT Marshall, who does stuff in the creative meetings. And then you've got Daddy Ass winning a match alongside the acclaimed. And yes, they're over... Um, and then you've got like Jeff Jarrett, who's a management figure in AEW, and you've got Sanjay Dutt, who's part of this segment as well, and he's probably driving some of this creative because he's a, a key member mm-hmm, of Tony's mm-hmm. team. It's just nepotism, 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 nepotism. Your mi- your mileage might vary on how much you like the nepotism. Mm-hmm. Some people might not like Planet Jarrett, and they don't. I do. Some people like might like Matt Hardy. I don't. <laughs> the fact that it was so stacked on top of each other, nepotism, 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 nepotism. This isn't what AEW said it was going to be in the brochure. This isn't. This definitely isn't. You ever watched a Premier League match where um, Kalina starts up front? Oh, who's the worst ref? Uh, David Ellery. Ellering. Ellery? Ellery. Ellery. Screw Chesterfield out of the FA Cup semi. No. What a prick. It's just not. The AEW I want. And if it became something else that wasn't like WWE or wasn't like every North American wrestling promotion you've ever seen and I didn't like it, I would at least say, you know what? Doing something new and bold. Yeah. And it's an alternative. This isn't an alternative. This is every North American wrestling promotion I've ever seen. And I just miss the like the the Japanese can influence of the clean losses meaning something. The coming back stronger, training harder model. The definitive results, you might not like them. It's a bit mm. bold to have a baby face lose in resounding fashion, definitively, cleanly. But I liked Darby Allen, for example, more by losing than I do any of these characters on this goddamn <laughs> TV show. Yeah, um, you two will obviously preview this on Wednesday. I won't be here, so I'll give my thoughts very quickly now because uh, I love... Do this on Rampage. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna do it's, it. On... It, no, 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 it's trios match. Yeah. Do it on rampage. Hide it away, much like you did the deletion. Do your experimental stuff that appeases the people in the back. Keep it to rampage. I hate the fact that there's a dumping ground for nepotistic sub WWE creative, but if there is, put it on rampage. Mm. I think the spot should be because I'd love a uh, good simmer down. We got it here as well from Mark Briscoe. I like, he's the epitome, sorry, of elevating bad material. I like the idea of a spot in the match where Jeff Jarrett has decided, for what you did to my wife, I am going to clock you, Aubrey Edwards, with this guitar. I'm going to swing it this time. But Mark Briscoe sees this coming, pushes her out of the way, and it looks like, oh, okay, Mark Briscoe's taking the bullet. But then at the last second, Papa Briscoe pushes Mark out of the way, he takes the guitar shot, and Mark Briscoe goes from, this is a fun, weird little trios match, to, you did what? You did what to my dad? Yeah. And just, we get wild man Mark Briscoe kicking ass and taking names. Right, uh, main event time, which means for the final time ever, at least on AW Rampage, we hear this from Mark Henry. Well, looks like we've had enough time. <sighs> 
what a shocker this was. It was Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Mercedes Martinez versus Sky Blue. Uh, the winner becomes the number one contender uh, and faces Tony Storm this week, I think, for the AW Women's What's World on Dynamite, yeah. yeah. Um, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho watching in the back. Uh, Marina Shafir's out for Nyla Rose. Hikaru Shida's there with Britt Baker and Shafir interferes early on, tries to choke out Mercedes uh, Martinez. So Shida gets involved with a kendo stick and chases her to her back. I like the spot. I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, where Shafir slipped going up the ramp. I don't know that that was just a chance for her to allow her to catch up. It was, but sh- it was good. And then <laughs> she's, she's like, well, you're close enough. Another, another one for you. Nice little thoughtful detail, I thought. Yeah. Um, we go to a break, we come back. Uh, Rose has got Mercedes hung up in the ropes for that guillotine leg drop of hers. But Baker pushes her and she flips and lands back first on the apron. Uh, takes a rough old looking bump to the floor. Um, Baker hits Martinez with a sling blade. That people gets- are going to po- sorry, people are going to point out that referees had a match at Invasion. Sucked then. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Uh, Blue and Baker get into it in the middle of the ring. Uh, Blue gets a near fall off uh, an Inseguri. Uh, Baker puts the lockjaw on Martinez. Blue puts a half crab in. <laughs> Rose comes in with you see that fucking kick. Yeah, break up. Yeah, um, double super kick to Nyla Rose from uh, Blue and Baker. Rose choke slams Baker. Goes to the pin. Martinez breaks that up with a nice running knee. Baker hits Rose with the stomp, but Martinez takes Baker out, dumps her to the floor, and she gets go- goes out after her basically. And suddenly. Sky Blue shocks the world by running in, hitting Nyla Rose with the code blue. One, two, three. She is the number one contender. We, all, we both thought, oh, it's Britt Baker. It's obvious here. She is the number one contender. She's clearly very emotional. It's a lovely moment for her. Slightly ruined by Tony Storm spray painting an L on the screen backstage uh, as she celebrated. But, yeah, I did not see this one coming. I didn't. But, you know, I, I said it on the, on the preview, like, Sky Blue was... Quietly, it's Ring of Honor, so quietly is the operative word, <laughs> has been really coming along quite nicely. Yeah. I don't think she was particularly amazing in this match, but I don't think anyone was. Um, layout was really contrived in terms of the turn taken. There were wrestlers in this match selling on the outside to enable the match within a match to take place. Nanda Rose is the only exception for that bum on the eight. Yeah, that didn't really look like they'd taken anything devastating and they were just waiting their turn and it was very contrived and suspension of disbelief was difficult. And I just feel like I was in a mood with this match, uh, with, with this show in general, that when they did something that was like, okay, that was pretty cool. I was like, why'd you do that? Why are you doing like the edge of the ape on that Nyla bump? That Nyla Rose bump was gruesome, but um, fans gave them nout. Um, I thought the Sky Blue and Britt Baker exchanges didn't really have any intensity or intent. It was just quite a soulless dance of counters. Mm-hmm. Like they've diluted that New Japan way of doing it to a quite ridiculous degree. Fans gave them nothing. Um, and the execution of the finish... It's kind of hard to believe that Sky Blue could take, could do that to Nyla Rose. But again, if it comes off with, for example, the Adam Cole Panama Sunrise on Keith Lee, yes. I always thought it looked ridiculous. And then I was like, oh, go on then. <laughs> yes. Give you a bit of a pop for that. That was not that. Um, it just looked terrible, quite frankly. Um, but even if it wasn't on the merit of this match, Sky Blue deserves a shot. It's nice to be able to be told by the booking. You know what? You could probably take this one seriously mm. and just earned it and I've watched it, earned it. So I maybe it'll be a breakthrough performance against Tony Storm. 
We shall see. We'll preview it in time. Thank God I do not have to review this show anymore. Yeah, that's it now. We'll be moving over to AW Collision on Fridays and Mondays for your previews and reviews. But let us know your thoughts on this show at What Culture WWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Do not reply to me if you're a baby. If you don't want someone, and don't follow me as well. If you don't <laughs> want someone who analyzes the product in a pretty nerdy and pedantic way, probably like disproportionate to how much Rampage is important nowadays. Right, um, don't follow me at M Sidgwick. I- I'm serious. I'm not burying the person who runs this account. I personally think they're quite generous, but you know they can sometimes do something insightful. Um, genuinely follow a uh, drain bamager, yes. drain, drain maker. If you don't want someone who's going to be pretty critical at times, really critical at times of AEW, genuinely follow that kind of account and not me because. I pretty much mute the notifications on every tweet I post these days. I try not to do it because there are so many listeners and followers in our community that I'd like to continue to engage with. That will not happen if I'm just going to get the worst babies um, who cannot sanction criticism of a rubbish episode of Rampage, okay? I want to be able to curate and maintain my Twitter activity as it is I do not have enough hours in the day to filter it all out and to sort of change it. And I will just give up. I will just give up. Stop being complete little losers. <laughs> Stop twisting my words. I see you like the Dark Order in 2019, do you? Because you think it's gone up. No. <laughs> I'll tell you one friggin' thing. At least the Dark Order and their approach to succeeding within the AEW narrative kind of made sense because they were trying to get the losers to have strength in numbers and for them to pick losers, people had to be low in the rankings and lose matches and for that to mean something. So yes, you know what? This is the last thing I'm going to say on Rampage coverage. 2019 Dark Order was low-key goaded. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. The Daily Wrestling Podcast SmackDown Review is available right now. Me, Sitch, and Hamlet will be back later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. But for the last time ever, this has been our review of the Rampage Baby. This is Rampage. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.